Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I love hearing the stories behind people's tattoos. For mine, one was done spontaneously during my bridal shower. One is in honor of my dog. One is a song lyric from the best song of all time. The list goes on. Well, there's also a tattoo story behind the sock company where I get my favorite socks from, called Bombas. Randy and Dave wanted to make a product that would help the world, which led them to learn that socks were the number one requested clothing item in homeless shelters. Bombas was created soon after with a dedicated one-for-one model to donate a pair of socks for every pair sold. Dave promised Randy he'd get the Bombas logo tattooed on his arm when they donated one million pair of socks. True to his word, Dave got the tattoo less than three years after Bombas was launched. Socks seem to be the one clothing item with the most annoyances. That seam along the toe, the fabric that slips on your leg or folding under your heel. Bombas took every sock problem and solved it. With added arch support, options for additional heel cushioning and awesome patterns, Bombas socks are unparalleled. For the best socks in the history of feet, visit bombas.com slash yoga girl today and you'll get an additional 20% off of your first purchase. That's Bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash yoga girl for 20% off. Bombas dot com slash yoga girl. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Today, I have a very special guest on the show, or actually two very special guests on the show. I have Olivia Rothschild and her tiny little baby angel, Hunter Peter. Olivia is the head of the Global Mission Foundation 109 World. She's a philanthropist, a brand new mom, and my best friend. Welcome to the show, Olivia. Thank you very much. How does it feel? It feels great. It feels a little weird to have a baby in my arms meanwhile, but good. This is so crazy. I can't get over how crazy this is. Yeah. Life is so insane. It is. It's really hard to let it sink in. How many days is he now? He's uh, eight days. Eight days. No, nine. Nine days. Mm-hmm. Nine days today. And yeah. you're already a working mom. You're here. Yeah. Recording a podcast. Yeah. With a tiny baby in your arms. Yeah. So if you've been on Instagram and you've seen Olivia's little man, his name is Hunter, and he has the biggest set of head of hair ever. <laughs> Just like I had. Just like you had. Yeah. yeah. No, he looks, he's like this perfect little, I can't believe it. No, I can't believe it either. I'm just, I can't take my eyes off of him. It's not possible. No. no. And my angel baby is out walking with, with daddy and your daddy, yes. <laughs> the two dads. Mm-hmm. In Sweden, we have our favorite term, which is latte papa. It's spreading now. It's really spreading now. Yeah. It's becoming like a global term. Mm-hmm. So latte, like a cafe latte, like a like a coffee. You see these dads on paternity leave um, all over Sweden walking with their strollers, their babies, and their coffees. And we call them the latte papa. <laughs> and it's Dennis's dream to be a latte papa. And now Patrick gets to live his dream. Because yeah. latte papa in Aruba doesn't really work. It's not the no. same. But they're living it together right now, though. Right now, they get to do it together. I yeah. imagine them in the street now holding hands, <laughs> pushing Lea Luna in the stroller. Yeah. So it's people ask a lot, so how this constellation, our little family constellation, came to be. Mm-hmm. Because you and I have been friends since we were like... 15? 15? Yeah. And Dennis and Patrick have been friends since they were like 10 or something. Yeah. Uh, and they've been best friends their whole lives. You and I have been best friends our whole lives. Um, and then we found each other, <laughs> then which is kind of insane. We found each other, which is crazy. Very convenient. <laughs> Very convenient. Yeah. It's, it's totally... People keep asking, like, did you plan this? Like, how did this work out? Because you guys started dating, and then me and Dennis got pregnant. 
Yeah. And I remember when I got pregnant, I, I said, you have to do this now. <laughs> Get pregnant now. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't, I was pretty open to the idea already. Yeah. But Patrick wasn't at the time. It was just the timing wasn't right. Mm -hmm. You guys lived in a, the tiniest apartment known to all of mankind. Yes. Super small little studio. I think like 15 square meters or yeah. something. It was just one bedroom mm -hmm. and a little kitchen. Where we lived together since uh, after three months dating. So it was really early on we moved in there. But uh, it was just not the right time to get a baby on top of that. <laughs> no, I remember talking to him. I'm like, Patrick, you don't know. Like, we have a lot of power as women. He's like, you have no clue. Like, <laughs> I'm in charge of this. And then... Anyway, three months later. <laughs> Whoopsie. Yeah. Yeah. I went back home to Sweden um, to leave Aruba because I was illegal. <laughs> and then um, while I was away, I just felt that something was going on. So I had to take this test just to double check. And then I showed positive. And I FaceTimed Patrick and the, his reaction was, okay, that's good. <laughs> I wasn't really sure if that was true, though. <laughs> okay, that's good. Total shock. Like, but you were more shocked. I, I was insane in shock, yeah. How many tests did you take? I took five. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure. Yes. To be really, really sure. Yeah. <laughs> and they were all positive, so... It was very clear. Mm -hmm. No, and I remember me and Dennis, because you were in Sweden, because you weren't allowed to be in Aruba. So mm -hmm. Aruba, it's really hard to get a visa to live there. Everybody wants to live in Aruba. It's a very small island. We've all gone through the process of trying to get our visa and working visa to live. And then at one point getting like deported-ish, where yep. you have to take <laughs> off all of a sudden. I had it with Dennis our first year. I had to go and stay in Colombia for three months. And mm -hmm. you came to visit me in Colombia. Yeah. And then you had to go to Sweden. And then Patrick, like a day randomly, he's like, hey, let's cook at your house. We're like, okay. And we're cooking. We're making like a curry or something mm -hmm. and the whole time like he's chopping vegetables and he's staring at me and he has this look on his face and then I was like okay I'm gonna go get some he's like no no wait wait Olivia's Olivia's calling I'm like oh, okay on FaceTime <laughs> yeah and then you were like hello, <laughs> hello. oh hi hunty <laughs> he's saying hello too he's like hi mm -hmm. no and then you're like we have something to share and I I couldn't believe that you were pregnant i was like no. no something has happened like what's happened i don't yeah. know like i first thought something bad like yeah. i don't know and then you were like we're pregnant and i cried so hard <laughs> i remember i was like if this is a trick like if you're joking now so mean. it's so mean <laughs> this is the meanest joke ever and you're like no it's real it's real, it's real. <laughs> and you were lying on the floor i have crying. some screenshots from that conversation <laughs> i'm almost crying now it was the best yeah. moment ever yeah. but I it was for unbelievable one day then. yeah so I was three months, uh, three and a half, and you were like, nothing, like yes. just three weeks or two, something. Two, three weeks, yeah. Just found when out. I found out. Mm. It's, it's pretty, pretty unbelievable, actually. And now we have a baby boom here with our girlfriends in Sweden, Sweden. like our girl gang. Yeah, it's crazy. Everybody. Everybody's getting pregnant. Yeah. yeah, our friend Sarah was first, and then now us, Lea Luna, and then you and then our friend siri emma emma yeah it's a lot a lot happening mm. this is do you feel like this is the best time of our lives i just i don't know because i feel it's just the weirdest time of our lives <laughs> <laughs> it's just about figuring out the day and One day at a time. it's amazing but it's also so new everything what's the hardest part for you um to be honest i haven't felt it being so hard the only thing is when he cries i'm so sad <laughs> and that's hard hmm. because you know that it's not about you anymore not only about you anymore it's about somebody else and it will always be that way it's you can't return this <laughs> no you can't go back to what was you can't go back at all and it's just it's amazing but it's also difficult to just let it sink in to digest like, yeah. this whole new life. Yeah. Because already now, Lea Luna is three months. I already cannot remember what life was. Before Lea. Before yeah. her. No. 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 And also because the time of being pregnant is also such a weird time. It's like yes. this in-between. You're between yeah. these two worlds. Like one foot in maidenhood, one foot in motherhood. You're no idea what's coming. Yeah. Of. I can't remember what life was before all of this. No. <laughs> I can barely remember before birth. <laughs> 
<laughs> it feels like it was ages ago, but I feel like it was like that's the only time I've been alive. <laughs> it's this past nine days. Right? Yeah. I don't know. It's just the weirdest feeling. But it's a little piece of enlightenment, these babies. They like yeah, for sure. Show up and kind of yeah. yeah, wake us up in a little bit. Yeah, and I feel like they know everything and we don't know a shit. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Because so your due date was June 8th. Yes. And we had our flight like arriving June 8th. Mm. So this whole time we were like, keep him in there, keep him <laughs> in there, no rush. Like you're gonna be overdue anyway. And then on the we were in, in at my dad's house for one day and then we came on the 10th. Yeah. And you met Lea Luna for the first time and you had this big belly mm. and then she sat on your belly and we took a photo. Hashtag yeah. sitting on my future husband. Like I've already decided that they're like they're gonna get married and they're gonna have this love story of all time. <laughs> Patrick thinks it's incest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I kind of agree. <laughs> it's too close. I'm like, well, we're not blood related. No, but it's gonna be they're gonna grow up together. No. But it is like family. Beautiful. It is like a weird thing. But yeah. in my mind, I'm like, I have the wedding invitations already like <laughs> planned out. No, and then your contraction started. Yeah. Yeah. Or I didn't know for sure. You were like, I but don't you know. were like, just time them just in case. So we started doing that, and it, they showed to be pretty. Yeah, you didn't even have the contraction then. app. No, no. <laughs> like you have to get the app, time it. <laughs> Every fifth, they were like fifteen minutes in the in the day in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then uh, it just started to become more and more intense. And we were walking around. We went and bought, bought baby stuff. Yeah, we had a full day. Full day. I even went to a party at a party night in the evening. <laughs> yeah. And I really, re because and we were on the bus at some point, and you were like, oh, it's starting. And then, Patrick, 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 press the app. And I remember exactly the same with Dennis when he was like looking at something else. I'm like, motherfucker, can you just pay attention? Focus, focus, press the app button. Yeah, yeah. But you were still like, maybe it's not it. Maybe it's something else. Maybe not, maybe not. I know, but you kind of, you don't want to get your hopes up, but still... There, you know it's something different and you know it's going on, but you don't want to be too sure about it. But it's also like surrendering to like, okay, it's happening. It's kind of a scary thing. Yes. And I think when I did, they became much more intense because we went home after that party pretty early or I mean late for being the day before labor. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we came home at around 11 and uh, we went to bed, but then... Right when I went to sleep, it just became too intense to sleep. So I just stayed up and texted with you. Yes, the whole <laughs> night. Yeah. No, because that I, I didn't want to go to sleep because I knew it was it was coming and I couldn't sleep. I was so yeah. excited. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to go to bed now and get some rest. Yeah, like at 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. And then I think at 12.30, you were like, hello. Are <laughs> <laughs> there? Are you here? <laughs> This hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah jesus but um that pain was nothing <laughs> nothing no no but it was really nice to be on the other side of it like for me because yeah i mean it was horrible after i gave birth and then dennis is like are you gonna tell olivia how hard it was i was like <laughs> nope and i called patrick i was like patrick you have to prepare <laughs> really so, yes i didn't know that yes i was like it's so much harder than i thought it's so much more painful I almost couldn't do it. You have to help with it. Like, you have to be there. I'm not going to tell her <laughs> because, I don't know. It's yeah. like you can't tell a seven-month pregnant woman, like, this no. shit is almost impossible. <laughs> no. No, but it's also, even though you would, if I knew, I would not know. You know what I mean? Right. You can't. <laughs> no. You don't know what, what it's all about. But thank you for calling him. He did an amazing job. He was really He really, really there. guided me through it. Yeah. And That you were home really a long funny. time, though. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, midnight it really started, started. Yeah, and then we were up talking to like four, maybe mm -hmm. four or five. Yeah, you kind of went to sleep. Yeah, came back, woke up. <laughs> yeah, I, I dozed off, and I was like, <gasps> "Is the baby here? Like, yeah. what is happening? What is happening?" Oh, and the the not the worst part, but the uh, you guys went to the hospital. What time was that? Seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, seven a.m. Mm -hmm. And then you were how many centimeters? Five, five. And I asked. What's the pain level now? Because the whole time, pain level one to ten. You were like one, two, three, four, five, and then pain level eight and five centimeters. And I woke Dennis up. I was like, "This is gonna be really shitty. Like, we have to pray. We have to like." Yes, that was not. An that eight. was not an eight. No, no, 
No, but the weird thing is, as soon as he came out, I completely forgot. I didn't have that. No? No. No. You were still in that. I mean, you forget, like, everything that happened before that was, like, mm. not important anymore. Mm. But once, like, we came home and everything was calm, I could really still feel, like, remember exactly how bad yeah? the pain was. Yeah. yeah. I think for two weeks or something afterwards, I could still, like, shiver with that. Really? Yeah. <gasps> Yeah, no, I don't know. For me, it disappeared, but I, I still know the pain because I know that the only thing I could say to Patrick during was like, I'm calling this off. I can't do this. I want to go back to sleep. We have such a nice bed now. I just take me back. I'm done. I'm done. I, because I thought like I was pretty confident before, like I can do this. But in the middle of it, I thought, no, you know what? I can't. Yeah, I had that same thing yeah but then you do it and both you and i were like pretty smart like how do you say it like we can handle pain handle pain yeah, yeah really well we're mm. tough we're like solid <laughs> yeah. you know we're yeah. not like fragile <laughs> that's people. how i like to think <laughs> that's what i would like to think yeah. too i was like i'm gonna rock this birth oh. and then at some point midway like can someone just hand me like a chainsaw i'll cut the baby out myself <laughs> like, yeah i was considering c-section in the middle of the thing <laughs> to get rid of it <laughs> for it to be over yeah. but um but then you do it and that's that's the wonderful thing about labor i think mm -hmm. that you doubt yourself so much and then you can still do it because and you can still do it. and no matter how you do it you did it yeah yeah so tell us how it uh, after the five centimeters then went pain level eight and then what happened <laughs> middle of the night well oh no that was the day morning yes so at seven when i arrived at the hospital i was five centimeters then i had had my contractions at home for uh, during the night um but as soon as i came to the hospital i think they increased in intensity so much um and they monitored the baby a little bit on my belly and the contractions and they said yes you're <laughs> it's like going on right now and then I felt it was the longest morning in my life. I thought time went so slow. And I thought I was doing so... I I thought I was doing... I wasn't doing it right, you know? Because I thought it, it should, should be, be faster. faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Patrick kept telling me I was doing so well and that he's amazed and all that. And that really kept me going. And then I went... I was in the shower for an hour... And then I started getting those... Um, the warm water, did it help? Yes. Yeah. So much. Yeah, for me too. Because I didn't have any painkillers, so the warm water was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really helped. Um, but in the shower, I started getting the... Um, what do you call them? Krystverker? The push contractions. The push contractions. And then I thought, okay, now, I'm now we're ready. <laughs> and then what? But the, the water never broke. But, and what centimeters were you then when you got the push contractions? So, because I never had, I never got them. That was my weirdest yeah. part. Yeah, that's so strange. But I was uh, at seven then already, mm -hmm. but the water never broke. So I was like, what do I have to do for the water to break? <laughs> and she said, I'll help you with that if you want to. Yes, do it. <laughs> and so, then shit got real. Yes, the contractions were insane after the water broke. And they never really went away. I have goosebumps now yeah. because I can remember this. Yeah. Yeah. They, and it was just, that was just a long ride of pain. But I'm, I must say, I really preferred, if you can prefer anything, <laughs> the push contractions. Everybody said mm. that. Yeah. And that's also what I heard. Like, mm -hmm. almost everyone I spoke to was like, oh, and when the push contractions came, that was like a relief. And now you have power and it overtakes you. Yes, it did, really. And I never, ever... Like even when I arrived at 10 centimeters, I never, I never got them. And then it'd been 24 or 23 hours at that point. And I remember telling the lady, I'm like, I'm wow. pushing this baby out now. She's like, if you don't have the push contractions, it's almost not possible. But do they know the reason why? Mm, they think because of how she was positioned. So she was, her head was tilted to one side. Mm -hmm. So she came out with the head like the long way. So maybe she wasn't pushing in the right areas like I, I really don't know yeah yeah but when she came out you know how babies normally have that little cone head cone head <laughs> like hunter had a little yeah. bit she had it but in the side like uh -huh. her head came out another way okay 
which is also why she was stuck for so yes. long. Yeah. So maybe that was why, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it was really, I was trying to explain to Dennis, like trying to push a baby out without feeling the urge to push. I'm like, imagine you have to shit out a couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you don't have to go to the bathroom <laughs> at all. You just, yeah. as you are right now, shit out a couch. <laughs> like imagine that feeling. Like it was oh, wow. so horrible. Like yeah. that for me, the pushing was the hardest by far. I can imagine. And I wasn't prepared because everybody said it was such a relief and wow. And then I didn't have that. So I was like, I didn't read this part in the books. Like, no, I studied everything, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. thought this part would be so easy. But no, no, I can imagine. But you pushed him out fast. Yeah, it took me three, three pushes, three pushes. But it was like I was a jungle woman. I mean, the roar that came out of me, I don't know where it came from. <laughs> it wasn't yelling. It was just a roar from deep deep down there and then he came after three primal yes completely primal yeah and then he was just there and i was like who are you <laughs> <laughs> where did you come from <laughs> so odd did you feel like you recognized him no mm. not at all i thought so i thought you would be like oh yes this is my little baby but then when he came i was like You don't look like any of us. <laughs> Who are you? It was really my reaction, but the relief and love and laugh and cry, everything at once. But I was really, my first question was, Who are you? <laughs> but he, he really looks like himself. He really does. Yeah. yeah. But everyone, I mean, from the family, everybody that looks at him is like, Oh my God, he looks so much like uh, me or like uh, daddy or everybody sees something in him, mm -hmm. which is also great. I have a hard time seeing that with Lea Luna. Like, She's a total like, mix of you two, I think. People say that and then some people say, oh, she looks so much like Dennis, but I, it's hard to see in your own baby. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like some things are starting and she's changing so fast now. Like it's so fast. But from the beginning. I mean, it's been nine days for you. He's yeah. already three centimeters taller, taller which is crazy yeah he grew a lot she grew one centimeter per week so in one month four and he grew in a week three like that's crazy yeah <laughs> you have like super boobs <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, midwife asked me what do you have in your boobs <laughs> what's in your milk well i guess he he knew exactly how to breastfeed as well that that helped a lot that's a big relief yeah and that's going so well yeah it's going really really well knock on wood yeah like, no but i mean nine days in is it's time is really moving quickly now yeah mm. it's weird that we're having these conversations at I all no at all yeah. but it's kind of nice like like everything that you guys go through now me and dennis like we had this, those phases like we know that you know yes that makes it so much easier but it's such honestly. a nice thing that we can yes. actually talk about this and kind of go through the knowing and the not knowing yes. together because it's also so different like they're two super different babies but it's also really similar yeah yeah you know and she's just now like grasping onto things i don't know we were just standing here i'm like luna like look at little hunter and she's just staring like in the, in the ceiling like she doesn't really like <laughs> super happy super happy like oh life is great but i can imagine them like You know, when they can sit and play and like yeah, talk and interact. And interact and yeah, that's going to be amazing. Oh, you wow. have to move to Sweden. Why the fuck did you leave? <laughs> <laughs> so many, I don't know, different reasons. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. What I put onto my body is just as important as what I put into it. That's why I'm excited to introduce you to a line of beauty products called Kopari. Kopari beauty products moisturize skin and hair without harmful sulfates, silicones, GMOs, or parabens. Instead, Kopari's products are made with 100% organic coconut oil. Kopari's products provide head-to-toe body care. There's a coconut sheer oil, the perfect light facial moisturizer, a coconut balm for soothing super dry skin, a coconut crush scrub for a revitalizing full body buff, and a coconut body glow for a beautiful, natural, all-over shimmer. Coconut oil is the one ingredient I always make sure to have around. Kopari takes coconut oil to the whole new level. Using Kopari's coconut melt has given my moments of self-care an amazing boost. With self-care being even more important now that I'm a mom of a newborn, I so appreciate how I feel after my nightly ritual with Kopari. 
Kapari's coconut oil is the highest quality. The aroma is light, the texture is totally smooth, and you can apply it head to toe knowing you're giving your body safe and pure nourishment. Say aloha to the best skin and hair of your life with Kopari. Go to koparibeauty.com slash yoga to get 20% off your order. That's kopari, K-O-P-A-R-I, beauty.com slash yoga for 20% off. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. That's a question we get a lot. People were like, Olivia and Patrick left? So you guys lived in Aruba almost two, two years. years. Yeah, yeah, for two years. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then you moved to Sweden. Yes. Why? Well, for many reasons. I think when we were already thinking about it before the baby, um, because Patrick really wants to look for a good job uh, in his field, which in Aruba is non-existent. <laughs> Do you know how to how to pronounce his like education? His... Uh, he's a <laughs> researcher in bio something. <laughs> <laughs> it's in cancer yeah something like he's a scientist mm, that's good that's, that's a good, good word that's a good word. yes and it makes it, it makes it sound like he's like glasses and the yeah. lab coat and stuff he's like a surfer he's slash scientist a surfing that's scientist cool. surfing scientist yeah <laughs> but stockholm is a really good um good city for that and um a lot more jobs so we were already looking at it and then when the baby came it just felt like you know, we can't stay in this little studio. And I had my apartment already at home and close to family, friends, uh, of course. And um, and also for 109, because I felt like there's a big potential in Sweden to establish us here, which, which is true, which is very true. And it's already been going um, very well. So I thought that was a good idea for us. Let's talk about 109. So if you're listening and, and you follow us on, on Instagram, I feel like there's a lot of people that follows us because we're friends. Yes. And that's all they know. It's yeah. like the Dennis, Patrick, Olivia, Rachel combo. Story. Like that's the story. <laughs> yeah. But um, we founded 109 World now two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. I think so. What are we now? Yeah, almost three years ago. Almost three years ago. And uh, do you remember we were sitting at that hotel in Amsterdam? Yeah. Oh, we have to tell this story. This is a good podcast story. <laughs> no, but it started with maybe share a little bit of your your background. Like, how did you? When did you know that you wanted to do good things for the world? I knew so early, but I went to university and I was studying peace and conflict research, and then I went on to I moved to London to study a master's in social entrepreneurship. So I knew already that I really wanted to combine business with uh, philanthropy or doing good uh that was my big dream but then you know plans don't always go as um planned and uh when i was done with my master's degree in london i started working here in stockholm at a pr agency but you also like your master's degree you you traveled the world yes which is amazing Yes, you, I traveled a lot. While studying. While studying and also before <clears throat> and after. And, and how did you pull that out? Because I think that's a dream. I think there's people out there that are like, they really want to study, they have a goal, they want to move towards something, but maybe not stay in the same place or stay home. Yeah, yeah. And you were in how many countries? Well, if, I mean, I took a gap year right after high school and that set the tone for, <laughs> you know, what I wanted to do and what I like to do. Because I had saved up for a while and then I just... Um, and of course, I was working a little bit here and there, and 
Um, I went to China, I went to South uh, America, I traveled around there, I went to Switzerland to ski and work and um, worked in France for a bit and and. And you came to Aruba. I came to Aruba. Colombia. I, did, I worked a little <coughs> bit in New York on an internship. Yeah, I did a bunch so of things. Much. I went back to South America and I took courses online. So I was still studying. Uh, no, that's the cool part. Yeah. Like you did it such a good way. Like I took off. I was <laughs> like, fuck this shit. I'm out. And I went to live in a shack. <laughs> yeah. to like do yoga and do nothing for years which is good. very very good and amazing for me and you did the perfect mix I feel because you did that you got the freedom of traveling and like you know yeah. seeing the world but you still committed to um yeah to completing Just, your studies yeah I did which yeah. takes a very strong mindset I think to to do that well yeah I don't know it was just the perfect lifestyle for me having a little bit of the serious to ease my conscious <laughs> and then I go go, go have fun uh, so and then learn languages and you know just see the world and meet other people well you know about that part um, but I wonder if, if other countries because Sweden has a really good program for that yes they actually give you support to study abroad there's lots of branches globally where you can yes you know you can go abroad for a while, continue your studies, and then come home and pick up where you left off. I feel like a lot of countries, they make it really challenging. For sure. But if you leave, Sweden you lose. Sweden is a very good country for doing those sorts of things. I mean, I was at some point, I was in South America only living on my student loan and studying Incredible. Uh, online. It was the best. I mean, in Sweden, this is hard for, I think, people in the U.S. to understand, but they actually pay us to study here. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you go to school, you get support. Yeah. If you want to take a loan, you can do it really easily, yeah. too, if you need, if you need yeah. more support. But we are, really, we, are, we are very encouraged here to go to school. I mean, we had a lot of friends who did that. I felt like they were after high school or, you know, if you, after a gap year, like, oh, I don't know what I, what I want to do. Mm. I don't want to take a shitty job. I'll just hop on a course somewhere because yeah. then you get study, what, what's the word? Points. Or like you get money credit. every month, credit, and mm -hmm. you know, um, to do that. So it's like you're encouraged to learn versus like become a bartender or do something, yeah. you know, that's not really yeah. going to take you far or many places. So that's, I mean, Sweden is cool in a lot of... Yeah, you should move here. <laughs> <laughs> we got an apartment, okay? It's like a big <laughs> it's step. It's a big step. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we were talking about this yesterday. I cannot remember with who. Oh yeah, we saw Lin, our friend yesterday and I was telling uh, Angela who's our COO now of Yoga Girl group uh, she was wondering like how didn't you study like briefly didn't you have like a university <laughs> briefly stunt? and I was like oh yeah and I was sharing the story do you remember this so I was in between Costa Rica trips I yes. came home for something in Sweden and then I was like moving right back and I was in Lidinger where we grew up and you called me and you're like Hey, you should come. There's Stockholm, not who, like Stockholm's nation, which is <laughs> sorority. Sorority. I mean, not, you can't really say sorority. No, that, but it's, it's cooler than sorority. It's yes. like um, in the universities here. How do you explain it? Like a not home. I don't know, but it's a big building where you just hang out as a student and you're a member of the, there are many different buildings and you choose which one you're a member of. And where you live also, they can be yes. connected to where you... Yes. And then... For students only. And they have restaurants and nightclubs and bars that are attached to this community. Yeah. And it's all run by students yeah. as well. Run by students. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And you're a lot like... Of parties. And, and Stockholm's not home, which is like the big... That's the Stockholm. It was this was in Uppsala, so where where I was born actually. And yeah. Olivia, you went there to study, mm -hmm. and you said this is a huge party night. Like, come to Uppsala, take the train. Like, let's have fun. And I was like, ah, okay. And I took the train, <laughs> and I went over, and we went out partying all night long. And then I woke up in the morning, and I was like, hmm. And I walked over to the university building, and I was signed up. Signed up. <laughs> I enrolled this semester, yeah. studying sustainable development. I had no place to live. <laughs> It was a good way to lure you in. <laughs> Perfect. I was like, this party party scene here is awesome. Your dad was pretty happy about me. I called my dad. I was like, hey, so I'm going to study in Uppsala University for a while. He was like, what? <gasps> Great. And he was like, thank God for Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> and then you and I lived in your grandmother's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> I, was I was like, so weird thinking back. Thinking back. I mean, this was... How long ago? Ten years ago? Eight years ago? Nine years ago? I don't know. Yeah, nine years ago. And I managed a couple of months, or about half a year maybe, before yeah. 
Sweden got cold again. And you, I missed the rainforest. You started working instead. Yeah, I got distracted. I became a bartender <laughs> yeah. and then I started waitressing and then I did the studies on the side and then I abandoned it completely and yeah. then I went back to Costa Rica eventually. Yeah. But it was so funny. Angela was like, how did you end up in Uppsala? I was like, well, Olivia called me. <laughs> there was this party there. <laughs> so I never completed like college or university, no. but you did. Yes. And I then did. you started working in Stockholm after all your travels. Yes, and my master's in London. And then... Uh, I, I got this really nice job at the PR agency in public affairs. And how did that happen? Because that was a big change. Like you were everywhere, yes. China, South America, like all over, US. Yeah. And then you came here and you got this super serious job. Yeah. But to be honest, it was... The, so I, I thought before graduating from, um, yeah, in London, I thought, okay, I need to start applying for jobs, I guess. So I applied for this job. <laughs> And then when they answered and said, yeah, you know, come in for an interview, I thought, okay, but then this is meant to be. I'm not going to apply anymore for any other job. <laughs> and then I went home on this interview and it was so serious. And But I ended up getting the job and I, I thought, you know, this is a really good position. And and uh, What was the position? What was it? Well, I was a, um, a junior <clears throat> consultant as, at um, in our public affairs group at this big PR agency. And um, it, I, um, it was a very good way to start your career, kind of, or um, getting in, you know, getting into that network work mode. Yes, yeah. work mode, and it was tough. I worked a lot, a lot, lot. This was your crazy time, mm -hmm. and uh, like you worked nonstop hours, nonstop. Yeah. yeah, it was a big transition. Like you went from. Dancing your way around the world, yeah. kind of, to this, like, super yeah. job that took all of your time and energy. Yes, yeah. completely. And I thought, this is great, because I can, you know, now I'm going to stay in Stockholm for a while. I got my apartment, and and life started to become a little more serious, and I liked it. <laughs> But after two years, of course, well, we started talking. Hmm. You were tired. I was very tired. At that point, I reached some kind of bottom I think. Let's talk about that bottom. In Sweden, we have a good saying called Gwynvegen, <laughs> uh, which means yeah. literally walk into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Or to hit a wall, yeah. I guess. But it's what happens because you, yeah. you kind of, well, I mean, I can't say that it didn't, didn't feel it, but you can't um, foresee when it happens. All of a sudden, you're just on the floor, literally. And how did that happen for you? Um, I was on my way home from a, a very intense... Uh, day at work with many meetings all over town and we had this big um, Christmas dinner so I had to go back home and change and uh, go back to work uh, for the dinner and then on my way on the subway I felt so nauseous and I remembered oh my god I forgot to eat <laughs> and drink and um, I was like oh my god you know I'm gonna fall <laughs> And uh, that's what I did. I, I uh, got off the subway and I um, fell on the platform. And a guy came and he's like, oh, how are you? What are you doing? And everything was just like a, in a, I don't know, on a ship in a big, I don't, it was just, everything was going around in my head and spinning, I, spinning thank you. And, and I just said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then I managed to walk home. And my, I called my dad. I said, you know, I think you have to come. <laughs> and he came over with some food and drinks. And I was just, um, I couldn't move. Literally could not move. And my heart was racing. And then um, the days after, I still went to work the day after because I had, <laughs> I had some important meetings and interviews to do. But everything was so important. Yeah. Yeah. You think that everything is so yeah. important and that, you, yeah, it won't happen without you, but it will, of course. But I went there and I remember feeling the worst hangover I have ever felt. It was like you've been drinking and for a week. But this was after two years of working like 16, 18 yeah. hours. Yeah, it was, I mean... And taking on a lot, I think, because some people can manage the long hours of work. Yeah. 
But it's the the feeling like if I'm not here, everything falls apart. Yes. And that you're not doing well enough. Mm -hmm. You're not doing enough. That you're never enough. That's the feeling. I think you have to perform, perform, perform. Yeah. Yeah. That drowns you. And you still went the next day. Yeah. You did all your things. Because if not, then what? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was also the last day before I could go on my Christmas holiday. And I went on my Christmas holiday and I thought, you and I spoke and you said like, yeah, but you take this, take this time to think through if you want to be there or not. And um, we already started speaking a little bit about 109 and what it could potentially become or be. And um, it was like a little seed of very little seed. Very li- like I had this influence all of a sudden through yeah. social media and wanted to do something good. And I was like, who yeah. else? to yeah. do something like this than you but you were like this career <laughs> woman you know <laughs> yeah like I remember we went to Sweden a few times and we barely you barely had time to see us mm, yeah and then it's like we saw you like once in one of the trips we were here and I remember telling him like this is not the Olivia that I know like, no you were so working so hard yes yeah I was and uh, and it didn't feel good after a while um so this little seed was kind of enough for me to, to <laughs> to take that step so I think it was one week in when I came back from the holiday that I um, told my boss that I'm not gonna continue this was January yeah Mm -hmm. 2015 Uh, yes 2015 right yeah and then yeah I thought it was a sign (laughs) everything is a sign yeah but the timing was really amazing actually yeah it was perfect yeah and i i mean for the 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 start of 109 so for people that are if you don't know what 109 world is or what 109 world does so we are uh, waking up a little bit should we take a little breastfeeding break maybe yes i think so be right back you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl what inspires you to get on your yoga mat every morning How about finding inspiration from your wardrobe? I'm talking about your yoga pants, of course. Practicing yoga every damn day is not always easy. On those mornings when I don't feel inspired to step on my mat, I put on yoga pants in bright and happy colors and then I'm ready to move. Re-inspire your practice this summer. Toss aside those boring, plain black leggings and step into a fresh pair of artist-designed yoga pants from Sankalpa. Sankalpa Yoga Pants features over 65 amazing high-quality prints from artists and yogis around the world, each print telling a story. Perfect for a vigorous workout or everyday wear, these pants will surely be a conversation starter wherever your day takes you. Made from the highest quality microfiber yarn that feels like second skin, each pair is printed, cut, and sewn in Southern California. Your Sankalpa pants can now match your yoga mat. Sankalpa's brand new line of yoga mats are made with eco-friendly natural rubber, so your mat never slips and they have an ultra-soft microfiber surface that feels incredibly good on your skin, gripping even when you sweat. Plus, a different artist creates each pant and mat design. Your purchase directly supports the artist behind the print. Go to livesankalpa.com. That's L-I-V-E-S-A-N-K-A-L-P-A dot com and use promo code YOGAGIRL to get 20% off of everything. Plus get free shipping on orders over $100. If you don't love your mat and your yoga pants, you can send them back in the first 30 days for a full refund guaranteed. Sankalpa creates super limited prints for each design and they sell out fast. Hurry up and get your favorite design before it's gone. Start this summer off with inspired, fresh, artist-designed yoga mat and yoga pants from Sankalpa. For 20% off your entire order of the most beautiful and inspiring pants and yoga mats, head to livesankalpa.com and use the promo code YOGAGIRL. That's L-I-V-E-S-A-N-K-A-L-P-A.com, promo code YOGAGIRL. So we are back. <laughs> Hunter's on your lap and you're holding your boobs. <laughs> yes, because the milk won't stop. <laughs> it's so glamorous, this motherhood. It's so amazing. He's so perfect. I cannot get over the perfection of this baby. I know. Me neither. I think it's just because I'm a mom that I think so, but... I thought so, too. In the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm the only... Like, of course, I think my baby is the most beautiful baby. Yeah. But we have the most beautiful <laughs> babies. <laughs> it's true. Okay. So humble. So humble. <laughs> Yesterday, I was like, oh, she's going to be a Nobel Prize winner, or she's going to yeah. do something magnificent because... She's rolling over, which I think is like a genius thing. 
right it on is. track. <laughs> But we were saying, so 109 World is a global mission foundation, a nonprofit um, dedicated to use, an organization, Mm -hmm. yeah, nonprofit organization dedicated to to enable individuals around the world to help make a difference for people in need. Yeah. So it's not so much that 109 as an organization wants to just us, like we're going to change the world, but we want to empower other people to know that they have the ability to change the world. Um, and how it came up or the seed that was planted in me from the beginning was me and Dennis had a retreat. We, I was, all of a sudden I was yoga girl and I was traveling all over the world and classes that used to, used to be like, you know, 10, 15 people became 50, a hundred people and it was growing. And, um, the social media thing really was allowing me to live my dream and to travel the world and do so really successfully with lots of abundance. And then we would do retreats, like six or seven retreats every year. They would always sell out, but it would always take some time, you know, and we would always get these perfect groups. And then we had one retreat. This was 2000. um, It was the year before um, that that we sold it. And for this one retreat, we had 45 spots and we had like 500 people try to sign up for this one thing which had never happened before. Like we'd never had an influx of people that huge. You know, I couldn't believe that 500 people wanted to come to Thailand with us to do yoga twice a day. It was just so crazy. He's like, I know. I was there in spirit. I was there (laughs) in spirit. He's like, I knew everything. Pause that. (laughs) All right, little hunter is eating. No, so what I was sharing is that we had this uh, we had this trip to Thailand, and then we had 500 people try to sign up to want to come, which was really really crazy. And we never had it before, but we had to actually decide who got to come and join this trip and who didn't. Um, and my big epiphany at the moment was like, holy shit! If this many people, you know, want to come to Thailand to do yoga twice a day, imagine if we could gather like half of these people or 10 percent of these people, but to make a change in the world what if instead of doing yoga twice a day and drinking green juice and taking care of ourselves if we gathered somewhere to help a community in need for instance and I remember calling you like okay I think we have you know something here because retreats are so lucrative you know you do make a lot of money in retreats but a huge portion of what people spend to come on a retreat goes to the hotels it goes to lodging and the food and everything around it So the idea was kind of what if we could partner with super cool places where they give us good deals and we could have all the profits, all the proceeds maybe even go um, to support different projects that are doing good in the world. Yeah. And at the same time, I think what was uh, a big part of what we were talking about is your influence on social media and how we could make use of that because a lot of people that follow you follow you because you inspire them, right? And and then how, how can we use that to inspire to do good? For, for your surrounding and not only for yourself. So we really wanted to make use of that power of social media. And do something yes. awesome. Yes. Because it's also like, what are you going to, what's the point? <laughs> I knew, you know, I didn't want to make a bunch of money or market a bunch of things. And yeah. people were really paying attention and listening. And there is right. influence there. So, you know, influencing people to do good things is a pretty beautiful thing. But at the time, I think in my head, this concept was so easy. And then yeah. we found out it wasn't that easy <laughs> to easy make it all. in practice. But um, you and I, we met up in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. This was in January. You had just hit your wall, quit the job. Yes. <laughs> all I was of still this working happened. there, though. But yeah, you I had like a few, ex- your notice. Yeah. And then you had a, exactly. yeah. All of this was kind of at the same time. And then um, we have our third best friend. <laughs> our third best friend. We have so many best friends. But our third uh, girl, Daniela, uh, who runs right now a super amazing also organization and yes. company, also became a social entrepreneur, which is so cool. Um, but she had helped me plan my wedding in amazing ways. And I knew I wanted to repay her somehow, uh, but she refused to get paid, like paid, paid. So we decided, or I had decided I wanted to buy her a trip and then maybe you and I and her could go on this like epic girls trip together. Like we used to when we were teenagers. Yeah. And call it a conference. And call it a <laughs> conference. That was like the genius of all of it. So you and I met up in Amsterdam where we stayed at this kind of spa hotel and we had like 24 hours to, for the f- first time, really talk about 109. Yeah. It was like our first working meeting. Yeah, we sat down with a notebook. We sat down with a notebook and a computer mm. and a gin and tonic yeah. <laughs> at this hotel in Amsterdam. And we solidified all of our ideas and the concept and what could work and what couldn't and the steps and action items. Yeah. And 
Yeah. And everything. Everything. And then we dropped it. That was it. <laughs> that was our conference. <laughs> that was our conference. We had 24 hours. And then Daniela didn't know what was happening. This was the best. We just spoke to her boyfriend. He had to drop her off at the airport. She had a ticket to Amsterdam and we picked her up. She didn't even know who was going to be there. That no. was the best. She yeah. didn't know at all. She didn't know it was you and me. She just knew there was a surprise waiting for her and she had to go to Amsterdam alone with a pack. <laughs> and we told her to pack her bag. She got a secret postcard that said uh, she had to pack like Uggs, like warm boots and gloves and a bikini <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> to throw her things. off. Really yeah. weird stuff. Um, and she came to the airport and there you and I was. Like I flew from Aruba and you flew from Sweden. And this was the funnest part. So we were at the spa hotel. So then we had a couple hours there. We went to the spa and to the pool and had brunch. And we had this super awesome day and night. And then she thought that we had, of course, like a spa weekend in Amsterdam and that that was the thing. And then we randomly went to the airport. We blindfolded her. And then we stepped on a plane to Thailand. <laughs> All together. It was surreal for her. Oh, it was so surreal for her. I think now, like, it was almost a little mean of us to, to like... <laughs> To bring such a huge surprise on another person without saying anything. But then we had two weeks in Thailand, which was, I think, our best trip ever. It was the best. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was yeah. so, so, so amazing. And we got to talk a lot about 109 there too, but it was just so good for us to have that girls' girls' time, you know, the way we used to when we were, when we were kids. And then I don't remember really after that how long, <laughs> little Hunter, how long until we started doing 109 full-time. And then I think somewhere after Thailand, I can't remember how long, but we took the step to really make 109 like a full-time thing. Yes. Do you remember how that happened? I, I think that I, in my head, committed to it the minute I resigned from my job, but I didn't know what it was going to be at all. But at that point, I think I, I decided that I would go to Aruba and we would actually, you know, make, make it, it happen, happen. <laughs> somehow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And then you came to Aruba. I can't remember. I when. came to Aruba, but you weren't there. It was such good timing. I remember because we had the happiness tour. Yes. This long tour. And you had hit the wall. Yes. <laughs> 109, <laughs> we wanted to make it happen. So I was like, great, come to Aruba. Like, house sit, stay in the house, take yeah. the car, like, yeah. go to the beach every day, heal, like, chill. Yes. And then we were out touring the States. You were away for a month. So I was there. No, happiness tour was almost three months. It was two and a half yeah, months. Yeah, but when. Um, oh, when you were there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was house-sitting for a month mm -hmm. and uh, got to know Patrick really well. <laughs> got to know Patrick really well. I remember that so well. I was FaceTiming you or texting you or something. And then Patrick was like at the house making juice. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> Patrick is at our house with Olivia making juice. <laughs> and then it's just like, no, you know, relax. There's nothing there. No. no. Oh, God. Well, it took a while, though. Yeah. <laughs> But that was the seed. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And then you came back. And then we had a, the, the idea for, was for me to stay there for, for two months. So we could kind of set the ground for 109. And I could go back to Sweden and, and, um, and continue working with it. So we did that. I was there for another almost two months mm -hmm. or, or one. Um, and I remember going on these long dog walks where we would talk through everything and come up with ideas. That was our best brainstorming, was yeah. walking the dogs yeah. on the North Shore. Yeah. And then I never left. <laughs> yeah, you stayed. <laughs> or and I went home for a little bit, but and came, came back. back yeah. yeah. And moved to Aruba. And then we got help. We got like a graphic designer to help us make a logo. Yes. We got help to make a website. We were just pro bonoing everything. <laughs> yeah, we tried to, to make use of all the help that was offered from everybody. Because as soon as we kind of put this idea out there people were so willing to help out and that that's one of your strengths i mean and that we've been using a lot to make 109 happen is to gather a community of people that really want to to use their resources yes what, whatever they can and offer that and i think what we solidified there is 109 became you know it went from this idea of being very a little yoga focused i think where it's like almost a yoga retreat where you do good to really a global mission foundation where the focus is not so much the yoga or, you know, just for the participants to have this different experience, but mm. really what we do in the world. Yeah. And we laid the milestones or the foundations of 109, which is, uh, let's wild them off. So we work with water. <laughs> 
yes. with children, mm -hmm. with female empowerment, with the environment, yeah. with animal rescue, with food security. food security and education. Yes. Hey. <laughs> so those are the seven um, pillars. Yes. And we have one added that's all, mm -hmm. always the personal well-being um, and health. From within. Yeah. And that's kind of where the yoga and the meditation comes in. Right. So there's always that component in every, always. in every trip. So what we do is, I mean, in a nutshell, is we find amazing projects all over the world. Um, and we organize a mission around this project or around a cause that needs to... Um, a place in the world where, where support is needed. So for instance, the first one we ever did was Nicaragua and the, the cause was water. So there was a, a village that was outside of where the government of Nicaragua would support with water and with um, yeah infrastructure, I guess. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a village there where they never had water. They never had running water in their houses. They had no access to potable water at all. So they would walk for kilometers or, you know, do these crazy treks just to get water to, to drink. Unsafe water. And it was unsafe. It was mm -hmm. like half salt and no, yeah. really not yeah. good. Um, so we did a social media campaign, raised a lot of funds, and we sold this mission trip where people could come on the trip, um, do yoga every day, experience beautiful culture of Nicaragua, but also work. Um, <laughs> and Nicaragua was a working trip. It was tough. Trip. It was tough. We a lot spent, of manual labor. I mean, 53 people came to the trip, which is yeah. a big trip. Yeah. And we spent hours every day um, digging, digging in the heat, in the heat, and laying pipe. Yes, yeah. And the, we're together with the community, so not just our group, but the whole community came out, and everybody did this together. So the funds that 109 raised helped to pay for all the materials and the pre-work, kind of the groundwork that was laid before we arrived, and then continued after we left. Yeah. Yes. It was a long time ago now. Wow. It feels the like a very trip. long time ago. And then we've done. Different trips, and, and they're all the beauty of it is that they're all so different. We've done Latvia <laughs> to support an orphanage there, mm -hmm. Ecuador um, mm -hmm. after the earthquake that hit. Yes, we've done uh, Aruba, Aruba for the animal, animal rescue, rescue, Greece, and Greece that just ended now a couple of days ago for um, for the refugees, and now we have one coming up with the two of us. Yes, it's been a while since we did a trip together. Yes. With this baby boom. <laughs> we have one the coming up. The babies will be there too. The babies will be there too. And the grandmothers. And the grandmothers. We need the grandmothers <laughs> now. Holy cow. But this next one is coming up in Sweden, which is our first trip, our first mission in Sweden, in Öland, in the beautiful island outside of Sweden. Yeah. And this causes women. Yes. Women empowerment. And, and this trip is a little different because we're not going to the destination where the funding is going to. Uh, because the funding from the, this trip will go to support a hospital in Congo called the Pansy Hospital, where they take care of um, survivors of sexual violence. Uh, it's hugely widespread in Congo. and uh, It's a method of war. It's a method there. of terror and war. Terror, yeah. And um, women suffer... I mean, of course, physically, but also mentally a lot from, from this. And um, they have a very, very successful model um, to take care of these women and, and um, empower them to also come back out to society because that's a very hard part. Um, For life to go on. Yeah. Exactly. So, but we're not going to Congo because uh, it's way too dangerous at the moment. And uh, But we're going to Erland, Sweden. And... And this sexual violence problem is something that exists everywhere. So we really want to take it down to a level where we can identify it kind of and uh, help each other, uh, even if you've been through it or not, any kind of trauma that leads to guilt um, to be a resource for your surrounding or yourself. So we're going to work a lot with with that when we're there and just be a group of strong women supporting each other. And we have some really special guests guests on the trip as well. Yes, we have uh, Turis Elva, who is a, a survivor of sexual violence. And she, um, if you haven't, you can go listen to her TED Talk. It's amazing. It's amazing. And she actually speaks together with her perpetrator. perpetrator. They wrote a book together. So she was raped and the man who raped her. Yes. They managed to heal yes wildly enough she's talking about forgiveness and hmm. how she could move on um so that's going to be very special to have her there hmm. and um 
And it is such a, I mean, it's something that's, it's so taboo. It's not fairly common spoken about, I mean, sexual violence and rape and mm-hmm. sexual abuse, but it's yeah. so prevalent everywhere. everywhere. I mean, in the Western world, mm. developing countries everywhere. Mm. And we, we need to learn to see it as well. So that's uh, what this trip is going to be all about. And then we're going to have a music component, healing with music, because that's what they do in Congo a lot. Um, mm. And other um, very uh, inspirational speakers and um, and get an understanding of the problem as well. And do yoga every day. Of course. Of course. Yes. Yeah. And then all the profits of the trip goes to the mission, goes to to support the Pansy Hospital in Congo. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're looking for uh, something amazing to do this August and you want to join us in Sweden, um, I will be there, you will be there, mm-hmm. babies will be there, grandmothers will be there, and a, a big group, amazing group of people that are yes. coming together to help make a difference in the world. At the end of the day, that's what 109 is, is about. And somehow now, I mean, 109 went from this seed of an idea <laughs> to, mm. I mean, we have a, a group of, Five women now mm. working mm. really hard within 109, um, making a difference. Yes. It's an actual, it's an actual yeah. working nonprofit now. We have our third co-founder who's still in Greece working, volunteering in the refugee camp and has been there for, for a long time now. Yeah, a little Amazing. more than a month. A month, yeah. And um, we have things going on a little bit all over. We had a really nice pop-up event here in Sweden yesterday. yesterday. You forced me to talk <laughs> i hate public speaking which i need to get over anyway but yeah. it was a good it was, it was a female good. empowerment event here mm-hmm. in stockholm mm-hmm. with uh, it was beautiful with guest speakers mm-hmm. and just when women come together something special really happens yeah and i feel now i mean more than ever like motherhood and it's something that i realized i've taken for granted for so long like one that women give birth every day <laughs> yes that this is just something that Happening. people do <laughs> women do yeah badass like insane like it is insane i'm in awe of women it's mm-hmm. crazy but then too this you know you meet women in the working life every day that have kids it's just so normal and now i'm realizing mm-hmm. like the fact that it's crazy it's crazy yeah and i was talking to dennis about this yesterday i'm like no one ever asks the man like oh you went back to work no <laughs> shouldn't you be home with mm-hmm. your kids you mm-hmm. know and that's kind of I mean, that's how I've been approached a little bit <laughs> with stuff that we're doing. Like, yeah. oh, you're out and about, you're doing a retreat, you're doing teacher trainings, you're mm-hmm. da, da, da. Mm-hmm. shouldn't you be home with your baby? Like, oh, well, why don't you ask my husband? Shouldn't he be home with a baby? Right. It is harder for a woman to... It is. And you'll, you'll always be judged in a different way. Yeah. And there's also, unfortunately, a lot of judgment between women also. Mm, for sure. I think because of the pressure we put on ourselves to be these superhuman, perfect, you know, mm. to yeah. do everything yeah. all at once. Mm. And when we get together with these higher intentions, you know, with a lot of love, there's so much magic that can happen when we really support each other. And I think that's what we need more of. Yes, we do. In every, every way. Yeah. So where do you, um, where do you envision 109 going? I envision it booming now. (laughs) I want to just take this momentum and inspire more people just reach more people um that's what i want 109 to do um now is just reach more people and engage more people in different subjects so i mean women empowerment is one huge and also one basic subject because it's important in every milestone or passion that we work with proven that in communities anywhere in the world where women are empowered everything gets better. Yes, and, and the, the change is more sustainable and more positive mm. and long-term, for sure. So, um, But also, you know, keep doing more events so it's not only these retreats so more people can get involved um, and make the retreats more um, accessible. Um, more affordable. It's a question we get a lot. So yeah. these trips... Um, I mean, they're usually around two to $3,000 for a week somewhere in the world, mm. which is more or less what you spend going on vacation. It's the same price that I charge for a normal retreat. Mm. Um, but people sometimes get upset because it is a lot of money. And if you're young and you're working, it can be really hard to save up to make one of these trips happen. But mm. um, we have to take into consideration that we are staying in hotels for a week straight, eating three meals a day, doing excursions, transportation, transportation going mm. places like all of this costs money. Mm. Um, and the reason we do the, the trips is to raise funds. So all the profits of the 
missions of the trips actually go to the projects. So yeah. there's no one here making a profit, you know. No. I teach for free. Everybody that's involved really donates their time. Um, but yes, it is expensive and it is a commitment to come. So yeah. we've had a lot of people do amazing fundraisers, fundraisers. for themselves to yes. go, like in yeah. amazing, incredible ways, which I love. Yes, and we actually... Um, included that in our website so you can go create your own fundraising campaign and make it easier to to show what you're fundraising for and it's easy to set up and so if you have that idea already and you want to direct people to, to yes. a place they can do that on our website and i think what we're looking to do even more is to really collaborate and work with with bigger corporations and big companies that actually yeah. have funds mm. and an ability and a willing longing to do good in the world because then ideally we could auction off these spots you know we can make yeah. it super cheap and then exactly. have the big companies pay to make a difference in the world which is also um a bigger impact yes if we could do it that way For sure so yeah. if you work in a place where you know that there is a philanthropic side or a branch and you want to donate um, time or money or just engagement or anything at all you can look us up at 109world.com that's 109world.com yes and we also have all of our future trips and events uh, on the site. Mm -hmm. You can also donate if you have ten dollars to spare every month. You can set up a little um, donation that goes to the to whichever cause is closest to your heart, because that's also important. That wherever mm -hmm. you donate your time and money is where your passion lies. Yeah. So for me, it's a lot children and animals. I think for you is women, environment, environment, yeah. big big ones. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. go where your heart tells you. Yes. Love to see you in Åland in Sweden yes. <laughs> in August. It's going to be a good time. Mm. Thank you so much for taking time out of your new motherhood, second week <laughs> of motherhood, to yeah. do this podcast with me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. We'll do this more. Yes. And thank you, Hunter, for being so perfect. <laughs> yeah. A huge thank you to my guest of this episode, Olivia Rothschild. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you're there. A huge thank you to the folks at Digital Media for their production work. And of course, thank you to my sponsors, Bombas, Sankalpa, and Kapari. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.